0: Let us pray. Father God, we want to thank you so much that we have this great opportunity to come together to worship you and to praise you and recognize how great and majestic, how beautiful you are, Lord. And thank you, Father, for the privilege that you've given us, Lord, to study your word together. And Lord, we pray that you will speak to us, Lord, today. And uh, we pray that, uh, that uh, the, the power of your word will change our lives, Lord, this morning. And uh, it's my prayer, Lord, the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord. In Jesus' most wonderful name we pray. Amen. You know, one of the hit songs in the 1960s was Rita Franklin's song called Respect. Some of you still remember the little chorus, R-E-S-P-C-T. I can't sing, otherwise I would have sang to you, but Matt Matt is very good. R-E-S-P-C-T, Find out what it means to me. The main message of that song is a cry for respect when it says, all I'm asking is for a little respect when you get home. A little respect when you get home. This morning, we are continuing our series on the family circle, and we are talking today about respecting your family. Respecting your family. One of our deepest desires in life is to be respected to be valued and have a good reputation. But it seems no matter where we look at today, there is a lack of respect in every area of our lives. Parents complain that their children show no respect to them. Children say that their parents have no respect for them. Husbands and wives are constantly complaining that there is a lack of respect in their relationship. Teachers are finding that many students show them no respect So generally there is a lack of respect in our society for authority. But the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, look at this verse, show respect for everyone and love your Christian brothers and sisters. What is respect? Well, respect is showing value and honor to others by our action. That's what respect is. Showing value and honor to others by our action. When we dishonor, and devalue a person, we are disrespecting that person. So you know, every person that you meet in life has around his or her neck um, an invisible sign they carry, an invisible sign. It is a sign that says, do I matter to you? Do I have any worth at all in in your estimation? And that person is crying out and saying, would somebody please show me a little bit of respect by your action? And I think maybe all of us, we do that. We are hanging that sign around our neck and walking around and saying, can somebody please show me a bit of respect? The question is, how do we learn to respect each other? Especially to those who belong to our family. Well, I want to share with you three ways you can show respect from God's word this morning. They are simple uh, things. They are not big theological you know, words. I want to use very simple uh, principles this morning and it's, it's relevant for everybody sitting here. So uh, I really encourage you to uh, take some notes and put this into practice. If you can put this into practice, the simple things that I'm going to give you, three things, if you can put into practice, I can tell you that you will know what respect is all about and how to respect and how to receive respect in your lives. Okay, number one, three ways, you show respect, when you value other people. You respect when you value others. The Bible says Romans chapter 12, honor one another above yourselves. Now that word honor here means to value someone highly and hold them in great respect. That's what it means. When God first um, introduced his written law in the 10 commandments, the very first commandment relating to the human relationship was this. Look at Exodus chapter 20 verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, why did God give this command? Why did God give this command? I believe because how I relate to my parents affects every other relationship in life. Would you agree with that? How I relate to people in my family affects every other relationship in my life. It is a major forming factor in your life. Respect for others begins in the home, in your home. So God says, "I want you to honor honor one another in your family, because your family is a birthplace of respect and authority." It is in the home you first learn to respect authority. Um, You know, over the years as a pastor, I have counseled uh, many young people who got into trouble with authority, either um, in the school or with, uh, with the law. Uh, and talking with these young people, I have discovered almost every situation that they have never learned to respect the authority in their home. Never learned to respect the authority in their home. You know, the other day I was watching in the, in the news and I saw a group of young people, maybe they're most of them around 12, 11, 12-year-olds, 12 and they're just going around and smashing all the cars and just absolutely destroying everything around. They don't care. They don't care about anybody. They just simply want to destroy. And if you look at their lives, you can find out that maybe they have never learned to respect people in their home. And that's a sad society that we live today. Many people, many families, they don't have that opportunity to learn respect one another. Now, parents, that's why it's so important that you teach your children at an early age to show respect to other people because respect begins in your home. Now this is the second way to show respect. That is you show respect when you obey God's word. You respect other people when you obey God's word. Honor is the attitude of respect, while obedience is the action of respect. So the attitude and the action must go together always in our lives. Your attitude of respect must be seen in your action of respect. So how do I show respect to other people? You know, if I said to my wife, you know, I really respect you. And I tell everybody, oh, my, I respect my wife. I don't do anything to show that respect to her. Then, you know, just empty words, isn't it? It doesn't mean anything to her. Uh, but when I show respect to her, when I, when I honor her and value her and, and, uh, and, and take her opinion seriously, and then I'm showing respect to her. Uh, it's not just what I'm saying, but I'm see, showing that in my action of showing respect to her. So it's important that uh, we learn to do that. Um, so, Ephesians 6 verse 1, it says, children obey your parents because you belong to the Lord for this is the right thing to do. Now I find it very interesting that Paul doesn't say, parents teach your children to obey you. No, it doesn't say, even though it is implied there, rather he speaks to children directly and say, obey your parents, why? Because God says so, and it is the right thing to do. Now. For the next time, you ask your children or grandchildren to do something, and uh, obviously they will turn around and say, why? Isn't it? That's what nowadays kids, you know, you ask them anything, to do something, say, why? So when they say why, you say, God say so. And see what their reaction would be. <laughs> eh? See what their reaction. Because uh, children are to obey their parents because in doing so, they are obeying the Lord, the Bible says. Children are to obey their parents because it is the right thing to do. And so we need to teach our children to do that. You know, start learning to respect uh, what you say and, uh, and what needs to be done in the house, whatever may be. Now you might ask, is there any case in which a child should not obey his or her parents? Okay. Now this is, you have to answer this question, okay? Is there any situation in any case which child should not obey his or her parents. Where is the microphone? Um, Matt, can you just move that around and if anybody, anybody want to answer that? Is there any situation where children doesn't need to uh, obey their parents? Anybody here? Siggy Oh, there, no If the parent is asking the child, to break the law or go against what God says. Okay. Yes. Alright, that's good. Siggy there? Oh okay. Anybody else has got any new insight? Anybody there? Okay. So what do you think? You think there are times that the children should not obey their parents? Yes? Okay, like Norma said, there may be a situation uh, when a parent uh, do something, uh, ask the child to do something immoral or in direct contrast to God's word, they have the right to disobey their parents. Unfortunately, my friends, in, uh, in, in so many homes today, children had been subject to sexual, physical, and emotional abuse by their parents. Would you agree with that? I've seen so many reports of that. No matter who it is, whether it is a a father or mother or grandmother, uncle or aunties or a pastor. Doesn't matter who it is or what authority they may have. Nobody has to be subjected to that kind of treatment in their lives. Obedience to God must come first. And I've seen this happening in many homes that some parents really harsh on their children and ask them to do things, they really don't want to do it. They know it's not the right thing to do. And yet parents force their children to do something. You know, it is sad. I've seen a a case where um, a mother and a father actually are using their children to steal things. And these children would go and pickpocket people and do all kinds of things and the parents in the background watching them doing, and I thought, how pathetic that is. You know, you encourage your children to do something wrong. And so, we as Christians, we need to be aware of that. Uh, And and we need to examine sometimes, are we doing something to encourage our children to do that against God's word, against God's will. Okay, let's look at this um, verse from, um, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Uh, would you read this verse with me, please? You can be certain that in the last days, there will be some very hard times. People will love only themselves and money. They will be proud, stuck up, rude, and disobedient to their parents. They will also be ungrateful, godless, heartless, and hateful. Don't you think we are already living in that kind of society? Hello? Yes. Let me ask you this second question, I don't know how you respond. Do you think any of these things describe you? Nobody's hands going up? (laughs) You see, when we disobey God's word, we tend to become selfish, arrogant, proud, rude, and ungrateful. But if you take God's word seriously and apply God's word in our lives, what happens is that we will produce the spiritual fruit which is completely opposite, love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, patience, and all those things. And that's what God wants to see produced in our lives, not all this other stuff. So we need to keep on examining that in our lives. When you are rude, when you're arrogant, when you're stuck up, when you're pride, you know, you say, oh, am I producing the fruit that God wants me to do? Or am I doing things that is completely against God's word? And I think, you know, I need to do that every time in my life. I mean, that's, the Bible talks about walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. And I need to constantly check on that issue in my life because I have a tendency to go to the other side and, 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 and display all those fleshly things in my life. So I need to say, God, am I walking with you or am I walking with the devil? And so it's important that uh, we, we check that in our lives now so the third way to uh, show respect is you show respect when you apply God's wisdom in your life you uh, show respect when you apply God's wisdom the bible says in proverbs chapter 24 through skillful and godly wisdom is a house a life a home a family built and by understanding it is established on a sound and good foundation. Now, you need two things, according to that verse, you need two things to establish a great family. Uh, you need wisdom, and you need understanding. That's the two things you need. You need wisdom, and you need understanding. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to see things from God's point of view. That's what wisdom is. You know, I, can, I, I see things, I need to make decisions, and then I say, what would God do in this situation? What would Jesus do in this situations? So I'm able to see things from a God's point of view that may be completely different than my point of view or a human point of view. And that many times, you know, I, 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 I confronted that kind of situation in my life when I had to make a decision and say, what would God do in this situation? What would Jesus do in this situation? And I need to choose God's way rather than my way. My way looked maybe good at that time, but in the long run I know that's going to lead me to destruction. So I need to choose. What is God's point of view in this one? And so, that's what wisdom. Now, let me ask you a question. Where do you find God's wisdom? Anybody? Right? In word, yes. God said, write this down somewhere. God's wisdom is always found in God's word. God's wisdom is always found in God's word. That's why my friends, it's so important as a family, that you read God's word together. You know, some of you that you, know, you, you watch TV very late in the night and then you go to bed and put the alarm on and you know, five o'clock or six o'clock, the alarm comes on and then you suddenly rush through and everything. You know, you want to get on the train or get on your car. What happens, you, you forget to really see God's face. You really forget to read God's word. And that happened, your children also, there's no opportunity for your family to, because you are always living a busy life. And so what happened? We, we don't really receive the wisdom of God. Maybe God has a special wisdom for you that day. You, maybe you're making a major decision at your workplace. Maybe you have some issue that are uh, going through in your family, and you're struggling. And where do you find? You don't get that from, 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 uh, uh, from the internet. You know, Google can't help you with that you really need to see God's word, you know? You can't see that in the Facebook, you have to look at the faith book and, uh, and, and, and understand that's where we get God's, God's wisdom. So really encourage you, my, uh, the parents, especially young uh, parents are here, you know, really, I know that you're very busy, you've got kids and, you know, all kinds of things, but set some time, set aside some time, If you can't do it in the morning, just in the evening, just read God's word together as a family. You know, and it's it's a good way to teach your children also to develop that habit of reading God's word. So do that on a regular basis. You know, I, for me, I have to get up so early in the morning. I get up every morning for 4, 4, 4.30. Because I find no phone rings. Nobody bothers me. I'm all by myself in my study, alone with God. I can talk to him. I can get upset with him. I can get angry with him. I can, you know, do anything I want. And it's just between me and God, nobody else there, no botheration. And I found that is what helped me all through my life, all these years in my ministry. That's one thing that I have. You know, where did I learn that? I learned from my dad. My dad always got up 4.30 in the morning. And of course, what he did, he used to um, sing song. I mean, mean, you imagine, I was a teenager, 4.30 in the morning, is your dad singing, you know, especially not in tune? And, uh, you know, you, you have no way of sleeping. And uh, his, his principle was that when he started singing, then we all get up from our rooms and go to his room and have prayer. That, that's, that was the rule in our home. I mean, I kind of really hated that in the beginning because I really wanted to sleep in. But over the years, I learned that, you know, uh, That's the best thing my dad left behind for me. To be able to get up in the morning and pray and uh, and see God. and uh, You know, what a great opportunity God has given us. So really, really encourage you, my friends. If you really want wisdom, if you really want understanding, you, um, you know, read God's word. Now, that verse also says you also need understanding. You need to understand your partner. You need to understand your children. You need to understand other people, you know. Uh, most of the time we hear people say, my husband, you know, he doesn't understand me. My wife doesn't understand me. My children don't understand me. My parents don't understand me. So there's this cry out to others, you know, say, you know, the people in my life, they don't really understand me. Maybe you may have said that many times. Nobody understands me. But God understands you. So when we don't understand people, we don't respect other people either. And, and I think it is important to understand that even our kids, you know, they're different. They're not all the same. Um, I don't know any of you read this book called uh, The Five La- Love Languages of Love. Anybody else read that one? And there's, yeah, there's quite a few people. And there's, a, there's a, a, different books, you know, it's there. But I think one of the things that um, this guy is talking about is that uh, when, we, when we think about other people, when we think about especially our children, um, our children respond to love in a different way, that's what the language. Some children, they love, you know, for them it is really most important thing is when, when mom or dad gives some gift to them, you know, they just all you know, really feel loved. Maybe some other one, you know, maybe just, a, just an affirmation, a word of affirmation, encouragement, say, you know, you've done very well. You know, so different, this is called the, the different languages of love. And I mean, the only way we can do that is actually we need to understand our children. If We don't understand them. If you treat them all exactly the same, that's not true. I mean, you know those who have more than one child, you know that your children are totally different from one another, isn't it? Is that Matt? Yeah, they're completely different and they respond differently. And so we really need to understand each child and how we can find out the, the difference in children is that when we spend time with the child, if we don't spend any time with the children, then you will never be able to understand. If I want to get to know Matt, I need to spend time with him. You know? If I want to get to know Savi, then I need to spend time with her. And so it's the same way that we need to spend time. And sometimes, you know, we treat everybody the same. I've seen people just make this, you know, blanket statement about certain people. And I said to them, do you really know this person? Have you ever spent time with this person? Oh, no, no, we never but I say, how can you make a, a comment like that about that person? You have never spent time with them. You never know what that person's need is. And when you spend time with the person, you understand you know, the, 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 their perspective, where they come from, what's their background, what's the, what's the trials and difficulties they may have gone through in life. When you sit down with that person, you understand. You, you know, I've had it many, many times. You know, so I, 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 I learned not to judge that person without really understanding that person's situation. But I'm a sinner, but I often I do the wrong thing. And uh, so I'm encouraging you that get to know a person, understand the person in your family, then you'll be able to to love that person. All right, the Bible says in James 3.17, let's read this verse together, please. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial, and sincere. Oh my goodness, look at that. That is totally different than the wisdom that we talk about, isn't it? Hello? For well, wisdom for a lot of people in, 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 in our secular world is wisdom means, you know, the big head, you know? The head knowledge. You know, you walk around with the big head, you know, and bumping into everybody else. And, and that's what, that's what this, this, this thing about wisdom, No, wisdom comes from this. This is wisdom is. Look at this one. It is the wisdom that comes from heaven is pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. So when we apply that kind of wisdom in our lives, we see others through the eyes of God. We see others through the eyes of God. We see others as created in the image of God. We see the value and honor in other people. We learn to respect other people. You know, I have this saying all the time. I say to people this one, I love God and God loves me. And if you don't like me, that's your problem. You deal with that. I have nothing to do with that. And this, you know, because you can never please other people, isn't it? If you live to please other people, you will not please anybody. But if you live to please God, you know, I always say, the audience of one. God is the audience of one. He's the one person who knows exactly who you are and he knows exactly what you're doing. He knows your motives. He knows everything about you. And so if you can live for him to please him, then what happened? Then your life will be different. You know, the ability to see other people through God's eyes is a beautiful thing. I think, I, I have said this many times, but let me say this again, one of the things in uh, in the Indian culture, you know, when, when you see somebody, another person, you you just say namaste. You seen that one? They just bend down, and I mean, namaste. Now, that's not saying that, you know, I worship you. No, that word actually means actually I worship the God that lives in you. That's what it means. I worship the God, I honor the God who lives in you. What a beautiful thing. I think that should be, that should be the greeting of all the Christians, isn't it? Maybe we had to invent a word like that and say, when we see people's rather than gray, you know, we should say something else. You know, I worship the God that's in you. That's what the Bible says. Same God is in Matthew. Same God is in Noma, same God in Savi, lives in me. And I think if Jesus Christ lives in me and Jesus Christ lives in Matt, Matt and I'm not going to have a fight, because Jesus doesn't fight with Jesus. Is that right, Matt? Yeah, (laughs) that's good. That's why we we get along very well. (laughs) I just fight with Matt, but I don't fight with Jesus, he's in him. (laughs) It's a beautiful concept, isn't it? When I found that out, I thought, man, that, what a beautiful thing that is. Jesus Christ lives in us. And, you know, the, you, the church should be the most harmonious place in the world, I think. Isn't it? Because we all have Jesus Christ lives in us. And so we can actually, you know, get along with each other without any, any problems. Okay. So let me say, Jesus Christ showed the best example of showing honor and respect to other people. I mean, I think of some of the encounters that Jesus had uh, in the Bible. If you read the Bible that you see all those things. Whether it was a Samaritan woman, or a tax collector, or a prostitute, or a beggar, or a leper, people felt valued when they were in his presence. By his attitude and by his actions, he showed respect for all people. Can I ask you this question? When people spend time with you in your presence, do they feel valued and honored and respected? Or do they go away from you and say, man, that's the worst time that I had with this person. This person made me feel so bad. The best thing is to do is when people spend time with you, you you know, that's what the Bible says that uh, esteem others better than yourself. Count other people better than yourself. You know, most of the time, when we are with people, we wanted to, you know, just to tell them how good we are, how better we are, how great we are than that person is. Isn't it? Or is it I'm the only one who do that? I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to say that. I think, you know, sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we want to say so many things about ourselves to the other person. And we forget this person is the most valued person standing before you. And so, if we can just make that person feel the most important person, you know. Have you noticed sometimes when people talk to you, you know, their eyes is always somewhere else. They're talking to you, I can hear them saying, but they are just, their eyes wandering around. And sometimes as a pastor I have to do it because I have so many people, you know. And sometimes people complain to me. They say, oh, pastor, you, you have never said hello to me. You never talked to me. And because I really want to give attention to that particular person. As, you know, we have the tendency. We can do that to our children also, isn't it? You know, the kids come to us and they will be saying all kinds of things and, you know, then we will be just totally somewhere else. You know, we don't, we don't listen to our kids. We don't watch the kids. You know, we need to see that. I, I, I heard this story about... Um, uh, a child was upstairs sleeping, and he started calling, Dad, Dad, come up, come up, you know. And, um, and the dad kept on saying, Come on, you know, you, you better stay in bed. Don't come out, you know, and all that. And the kids kept on saying, Come on, Dad, 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 you know. And eventually, um, you know, the guy was getting upset, and the child was getting upset. And then um, so the child called out and said, Dad. Uh, no, the father said, If you call me one more time, I'm going to come and smack you. You know? And uh, the child said, Dad, when you come to smack me, can you bring a glass of water for me, please? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, sometimes we don't realize, you know, that, that's a, that child needed you know, a glass of water. That's why she's crying out as his dad, you know? And we get so involved in our lives, we forget how important other people are, you know? And I, I have done that. I have done that with people. I have done that with my family. I regret it. Because sometimes those precious moments, we will not get it again, my friends. We will not get that. So don't see your children as a botheration. Don't see other people as a botheration. Spend time with the people. Give, you know, that dedicated time to that person and you'll be a big difference in your life. Okay, so so that's what God wants us to do. Show respect and value to everyone, but that can only happen when we learn to honor and respect God. And let's read together one more verse I want you to read with me. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. I'm sorry that I'll, I'm encouraging you to read because I know that because sometimes when you read together, you know, it really gets into us. Otherwise, we're just kind of, you know, thinking about lunch at the moment. Okay. Malachi 1 6 says, the Lord Almighty says, I am your father and master, but where are the honor and the respect that I deserve? You have despised my name. You know, when I read that verse very first time, I thought, man, did I ever despise God's name? And it's so easy to do that, my friends. So easy to not to give the respect that God deserves. And God is crying out here, saying, I'm Almighty God, I'm the Father, I am your Master, I'm your Creator, but are you giving me the honor and the respect that I deserve? And most of us, we need to ask that question. Am I giving the respect and the honor that God deserves in our lives? This God that we worship is a great God. He showed respect to us. He gave his life for us. And at many times, we just, just only go to God just to get something out of him. All our praise is directed to him. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me this. Lord, thank God. I I just want to sit in your presence because I love you. I don't want anything. I'm not praying for anything. I just want to be in your presence, Lord. You know, that is the most beautiful thing, my friends. We can sit in God's presence and just look at him and say, God, I love you so much. You have given me so much in my life. I don't need any more things. it's the last time you did that, my friend? Treated God with respect and honor. Maybe some of you are in a situation where you have not received the respect you deserve. Maybe today you are crying out for a little R-E-S-P-C-T. But I want you to know that God loves you and he respects you. You are most valuable and precious in His sight. You know that? That's why God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sin. And the Bible says, I love this, you are bought with a price. You know, because you are not junk. You are valuable. God gave His life. And Savi and I was actually yesterday walking around in the park and we saw this market there. So said, no, oh, we'll just go for a walk. And you know, and we saw so much junk people are selling. <laughs> it's not worth. I said to staff, it's not worth bringing somebody else's junk in our home. It's not worth, you know. And you can get for you know dollar, you know something, some junk. You can bring it, but that's not what God did. God purchased you. He bought you with a price. What's the price he paid? His life. Think about that. You are not junk. You're a valuable person in God's sight. God loves you so much. Was willing to give his life for you, my friend. So this morning, don't ever think that, you know, you are not worthy. You are nothing. You are everything that God desires in you. God loves you. He loves you and cares for you. He wants you to be part of his family. You can be part of his family at any time. Maybe some of you, you need to belong to God's family today. And the best way to do is that is to just open your heart to Jesus and say, Jesus, please come into my life. You saw my worthiness that you are willing to, to die for me. You gave me everything that I wanted in my life. So would you open your heart to Jesus today and say, God, I want to come to your family. I want you to come into my life. You came and you died for my sin. You rose from the dead to prove that you are an almighty, powerful God. And I don't need to live as though that I'm not worth. I can be your son. I can be your daughter today.